Hello again, and welcome to the Gray Area Podcast with Joseph Tier. And in studio again today, turning out to be my most likely co-host at some point, probably, Tyler Shockley. Hey, how's it going? It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, right now it's Wednesday. I think it's the 21st of June. We're sitting here, we went through our news feeds, talked about what we saw going on today. Just... You know, we're going to sit here and cover a couple things like that. We got a couple of funny tidbits. Um, I got a new Gray's Word. I'm sure talk, you know, Tyler will give us a little bit of insight. Oh, absolutely. My insight's always here, whether you want it or not. <laughs> sometimes we want it, sometimes we don't. Depends on what it's about. This is true. You never know. Yep, yep. So sit back, enjoy the ride, and here we go. Welcome back. Today's first thing we're going to talk about is the Philando Castile death from the traffic stop. Alright. Did you see that? I saw that. I saw that multiple times. Man. So, Friday, the cop was acquitted on manslaughter charges. Basically, he pulled him over in a traffic stop for a brake light. Said he had a gun and a permit. Castile told him up front. Cop asked for ID. Normal. Somehow shot seven times when he went to get it. Girlfriend live-streamed the whole thing on Facebook after he was shot. Um, He was charged for it, but they acquitted him for fear of his life from Castile pulling his gun. So, this is what was heard from the dash cam and inside. Cop, don't reach for it. Castile, I'm not reaching for. Cop, don't pull it out. Castile... I'm not pulling it out. Girlfriend. He's not. Then shots fired about seven times. Girlfriend. You just killed my boyfriend. Castile. I wasn't reaching. Cop. Don't move. Then they released the dash cam video Friday. In court. And they decided that the cop acted like any other officer would. That uh. You know I've. I kind of have to see it from both sides of the fence. Uh, he he did have a gun in the car. He he was reaching. Whether it be for the gun or not, that's not for me to decide. But on the flip side, he did tell the officer that he had a weapon. He did tell him that he had a permit, which was later found out to be true. And I feel like the if the officer would have handled it a little bit differently, maybe asking him to step out of the vehicle, you know, keep your hands in the air, that, that kind of thing, instead of just automatically pointing and shooting, I, I think we would have had a different scenario. Right, and... You can go look this up. The girlfriend's recording is on YouTube. The dash cam from the cop's car, the whole thing is on YouTube. Actually, we even have some audio. I'm going to go ahead and play it for us. So yeah, that's the audio from the dash cam. Regretfully, you can hear the officer, Castile, and then all the shots fire. Yeah, it's it's all pretty clear. I mean, it, it paints a pretty clear picture as to what's going on at the officer's level as well as what's going on inside the vehicle. But it's just tragic. I mean, it was a, it was a traffic stop for a brake light, man. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it didn't have to go that far. Yes, there's a, a weapon in the car, but I feel like if it was handled differently that Mr. Castillo would still be alive today. Definitely, I would think. But at the same time, as soon as that happened, everything going on, you know, you're looking at this is a lynching. You know, this is like back in the day except without the nooses. Well, yeah, I mean, I could see where, where maybe some people would get the whole, you know, police versus the public and, you know, the racial aspect from it. But I'd like to point out that the officer was, was not white. I, I believe he was either Hispanic or he was, Asian. He was. He was Latino. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, no. regardless of that, people are always going to find the race label to put on something. But all in all, regardless of race or color or, or what he done, I, I feel like it could have been handled differently. And I feel like that's not the outcome that we could have worked towards. Definitely. And, I mean, you could tell by the officer's voice he was very distraught stressed and he was pro i think you know from my point of view listening to him instead of his voice he was just he was scared he was scared he was running off pure adrenaline yep he was nervous he was scared he didn't know what to do that's the only thing i can see that would justify firing seven shots inside a car and if you watch the video i mean he pulls it and he just jumps as he's shooting like you know he's just as scared as everybody else there He's just kind of pointing and squeezing at that point. He's not really thinking. He's just kind of reacting. <coughs> Speaking of uh, current events, I know that's not very current, but, you know, the officer's indictment and acquittal is. Uh, on Tuesday, there was an apparent, uh, some sort of attempted terror attack at the central station in Brussels. Uh, there's a male subject. He hasn't been named, aged, or identified. Uh, he ran into a crowd in Brussels Central Station in Belgium shouting, Allahu Akbar and some sort of explosive device on his belt. Uh, but luckily, you know, all the tensions going on in Europe with uh, France and, you know, UK and all, all the terror attacks and whatnot, there are actually civilian police and military police posted at that station. So they were able to neutralize him and, you know, without anybody getting hurt. There was nobody reported hurt. Uh, they, had, they had to lock down the station for a couple hours once they evacuated it. You know, they had to make sure there weren't any other attackers. And uh, they also had to sec secure the, uh, the assailant's body. He is confirmed dead at this time. But it took them a couple hours because they had to, you know, make sure he didn't have any more explosives and make sure that he was properly disarmed. But all in all, uh, everybody went home good and everybody was safe. So, Right, yeah. and I heard they said they brought out the bomb squad. That is correct. They brought out the bomb squad, make, had to make sure, you know, the explosives on his belt weren't, weren't going to detonate anytime soon or if there were any others in the building. But uh, it turned out, you know, it could have been a lot worse, but I feel like it turned out all right for the situation given. Well, definitely, because that, that's like the subway system in New York type yeah. size of oh, yeah. where he it's, was at. It's one of the main stations in Europe. How many people, you know, if we speculate, was down there at that one point? At least probably a couple hundred? A couple hundred at least. I'd say thousand maybe well everything that's went on that's why they are in such a high alert and they because you know london especially like let's take london mm -hmm. they usually don't even have armed police walking around no they've, that's really ramped up in the past couple past couple years you know with the terror attacks and all there was france and now uh the uk you know with the van incident as well as the uh the third one with the vehicle and then somebody jumping out and and uh, what was the Ariana Grande concert? There was that thing that went down there. Yep. So Europe, and uh, in a as a whole, has really ramped up its armed security, and I feel like it really helped them out today. And I can think right now we have the what was it the Manchester Bridge? Yeah. All right. I think no, it wasn't Manchester Bridge. I don't think it was right there at Parliament House. 
Westminster Bridge, maybe? Westminster Bridge. Mm-hmm. And then you had the, the Ariane Grande was in Manchester. Yeah. And then you had another one in London with the, the Van Deal. Yeah. And that was, what, last week, early oh, this week? I think it was last week. I want to say last Friday, maybe, maybe Thursday. So that's three right there in London, Britain, in the course of two weeks. And, you know, it goes to show you how... No, I'm, I'm not talking smack about Belgium in any way, but how small of a country they are. They have their, their regular civilian police as well as military police posted. That shows you how serious they are about trying to eradicate this problem. Look how bad that would have been without them. I mean, if it was just regular, let's say regular, you know, officers on there with handguns, maybe one or two for that station here and there, just regular patrol beat cops, you know, that would... I don't think they would have been 100% prepared for that. May not have noticed it fast enough. I think you might be right. You know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a gun fanatic myself, and I don't think, you know, a handful of guys with, you know, Glock pistols or whatever they carry, you know, it's going to stop the threat, but how many shots is it going to take? Before he can Before, make it go boom. Exactly, that's my thing. And a lot of these guys now are using improvised explosives, where whether it be grenades attached to fishing line or C4 attached to cell phones. Exactly, that's that's exactly. And in a situation like that, you want to neutralize the threat as quick as you can. I just don't think handguns would have been sufficient for that. And I believe that's why they, uh, they increased the military presence, and I feel like it really stopped a, a potential serious problem. It did, and they keep, the thing with having increased presence right there, period, today that really I think helped more than anything is more eyes. They had quick identification. They realized the problem, the situation before it had time to develop and escalate into something worse. Early detection is what stopped this because if they hadn't noticed five more seconds he could have detonated it we'd have a totally different story on our hands. But they caught this right away before there was a problem. Absolutely. You know and not only is it the police, but the civilians there are well. I mean, they're, they've they gotten used to these things, not saying it's good, but they've gotten used to these things, hearing these things in neighboring countries, and they've they've started to pick, on that, pick up that and identify those certain threats or those certain characteristics, and I feel like it really helped them out. I think everybody else needs to learn from this, because this is a perfect example of how you combat that. Absolutely. Yep, this was a good day for Belgium and a good day for the world. Absolutely. All right, and to that, we're going to go ahead and go into our next break. And we will be right back. And welcome back. And that brings us to Gray's word. My word is Bayesian. And came across this. Me and Tyler were talking. Tyler came across something on the internet about China. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, you know, China has over like a billion people, which is like a, an eighth or a ninth of the world's population. And from 1979 to 2015, you only allowed one child per household. And a lot of those that came up female were given up for adoption so they could actually have, you know, males to carry on their name. But fortunately, you know, that's not still the case. It was actually Chinese national media reported to the world, believe it or not, that they're working towards lifting the ban, and in 2015, they actually made it official, you know, that uh, they're not going to do that anymore. So, I guess you can have as many kids as you want now, because they haven't put any further rules in place. And that's what brought me to my word. It's Bayesian. A baby of Asian ethnicity. Asian baby. Bayesian. <laughs> I see the I see the formula you got worked out there. You're not as slick as you like to believe. I see what you're doing over there. But it works, and it flows naturally. That it does. That it does. That's what it's all about is the flow, I guess. Yeah, and 
since we're talking about flow, let's just flow right into our next story. This is actually kind of a, a funny one. I read it and I laughed, but... Wait, 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 hold on. You can read? Barely. <laughs> Barely. But get this, dude. A man dropped a clock in the air vent of his home while he was trying to pass a wire through a t- for a TV hookup. Yeah. So... He lowered a clock tied to a string to indicate 10 minutes later where to punch a hole in the wall. Right. That way he knows where to pull the, the cord back through. Yeah. Well, the string blo- broke and the clock fell. And he figured, you know, well, after a few months, you know, the battery would die. Right. You know, it wouldn't be no big deal. Yeah. That was in September 2004. <laughs> and it still goes off the same time every day now in 2017. Wow, I uh, I wouldn't be able to live there. I, I'd have to like Superman smash my way through the wall and get that. I don't know if I could live with that thing going off at the same time every day. Well, it depends on what time during the day too. If it goes off at like one o'clock, and eh, I can deal with that. If it goes off at like one a.m., eh, I could probably deal with that too. But it'd be a lot less hospitable. Oh yeah, I could see to where that would be very annoying. But at that time, you know it's coming. <laughs> you know it's coming. <laughs> Prepare. <laughs> Oh man, speaking of prepared, this is a this is a a really good one. This is one I couldn't pass up. Uh there's a bar in Canada. It's called uh the Downtown Hotel. It's in Dawson City, and they have a specialty drink. It's called the Sour Toe Cocktail, which that just sounds not special. Oh, it's it's not really even a cocktail. The special part, right, listen to this. It's a shot of whiskey, but the kicker, it's got a real mummified human toe inside. What? And it gets even worse. There was a patron at the bar that uh, who was attempting to do the uh, the toe shot challenge, I believe is what they call it. The thing is, if you can get the toe to touch your lips while you're taking the shot, you get a certificate. I don't know if I'd want that certificate. I don't know if I'd want it either. I guess uh, he'd have to foot the bill. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the customer, he finished the drink, but when he was done, he grabbed the toe and ran off into the night. And... <laughs> the police are Canadian Royal Mounted Police are still looking for the guy with said toe. Uh, the hotel manager stated, "He said we are furious. Toes are hard to come by in this day and age." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a mummified human toe in the drink. Yes. Yeah, I'll pass. That's probably a good thing he stole it. I mean, my thing Only is... Only in Canada, because in the U.S., that's not sanitary. They would not let that happen. The FDA would be all over that. Yeah, well, it's so cold up there. They probably don't even have germs. They probably don't even need to put it in the refrigerator. I'm a sickness, eh? Hey, buddy? Hey, buddy. I'm not your buddy, guy. I'm not your germ, friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, a mummified toe. Oh. Hey, you know what? Whoever gave him that one's got nine more. <laughs> Maybe. You hope, at least. <laughs> Probably from frostbite. Too much ice fishing. Oh, it could be hard to hang ten, I suppose. Yeah, if it's big toe, it'd be hard to walk, run away, too. <laughs> He'd be hanging nine. My thing is, does it add any flavor to the drink? That's, uh, I've never really had mummified toe. We just call it a novelty ice cube. <laughs> so it's an acquired taste, really. <laughs> you think of what it tastes like. It's like alcohol, okay. But... Toe jam, fungus, whatever the wrapping is, deterioration of human skin. It's like the only taste I can imagine is bad. I mean, that's what comes. I mean, my thing is, how would they buy another one? It's like nobody's really selling toes on the corner, you know what I mean? Well, somebody is just going to have to take one for the team there. I guess so. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we'll be right back with our recap 
and we will see you in a few. Alright, so this has been another episode of The Gray Area, and we covered a lot of things today, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We covered a lot of good stuff. Crazy stuff, good stuff, sad stuff, weird stuff, you know, but all in all, the world we live in is full of every kind. That's a true story, especially here in The Gray Area. You get all kinds of characters, don't you? Yes, we do. I want to give a special thanks again to my guest, Tyler Shockley. No problem. I appreciate you having me. It's always a pleasure to be on. Yep, if you want to submit any questions to us, comments, anything you want us to talk about, you can reach us at my email, josephtier at AOL.com. Follow me on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, share it, tell your friends. Remember, in life, it's never black and white. There's always the gray area. Thank you, and see you next time.